Welcome to Health Data Talks, where industry experts offer bite-sized tips and trends for managing legacy data. Thanks for joining us. I'm Shannon Larkin from Harmony Healthcare IT, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jim Hammer. Hey, Shannon. How are you doing today? Doing great. Jim, today we want to talk about the benefits of integrating an EHR or ERP system to the historical records that are stored in an archive. So our archive products are Health Data Archiver and Health Data AR Manager. Let's hear from you what single sign-on is and how that enables integration to our archive solutions. Sure. Single sign-on is a form of interoperability, usually from an EHR uh, or an ERP to a destination system. In our case, we're talking about an archive system today. So typically, single sign-on involves the user authentication, where a user does not have to put in their credentials and passwords a second time from, you know, they put it in for the source system, click a link to navigate to the destination system uh, and are not forced to put in that login and password again. Additionally, usually single sign-on is interchangeably talked about without the words patient context added, but it's important to note or, or data context as an example. Usually single sign-on involves passing of information to identify, let's say, a patient from that source system. So a search for that record doesn't have to happen once that credentialing event happens. So, you know, manifests itself at the end result of a workflow where a user is clicking into their EHR, navigating around, looking at a patient record as an example, clicking a single sign-on link or button, navigating seamlessly over to the destination archive and finding those records without having to A, log in or B, search for that record. Okay, that makes sense. I think we're all used to using single sign-on just in our normal days, but that added patient context makes sense. So you kind of talked about how the clinician is benefiting from single sign-on through that patient context at time of care. What about the HIM team? I know that they're releasing information. Is single sign-on often included in their daily workflow? Uh, yeah, it will be. So in that use case, usually a HIM user might be in a given patient's record for release of information or e-discovery purposes. And the same workflow abides there. So I can click on the single sign-on link to navigate to see if there's any historic records that need to be released and include that as an outgoing, you know, release of information as an example. So definitely, you know, they'll, they'll gain from efficiency as well. And then with our health data AR manager product, that archive is active in nature in that you can wind down legacy accounts receivable. Does the same single sign-on work for that revenue cycle team who might be collecting on those claims? It does. Yeah, really, really any end user from, again, if you're navigating from a source application to a destination, in your case, revenue cycle, or HR payroll or any ERP users definitely can take advantage of that same efficiency using single sign-on. Right. Okay. Great. So that covers the users who access the archive directly through single sign-on, but many of our listeners are from IT. So why would you say an IT department cares about single sign-on? I think from a user perspective or IT perspective who's supporting applications, really it's about usability and user satisfaction. So you know, coming from the EHR world myself, you know, we all counted clicks for providers. So being able to provide an easy, seamless, you know, method to get from a production EHR as an example to that archive, the least clicks, the better. So if you're a single click away, 
that makes life efficient for the clinical you know, users in that case, or really any user as we talked about, as well as supportability. So you know, if you're supporting two applications with separate logins, separate workflows, typically there, there might be more support cases that come into the help desk as well. So as well as just really the more important reason is better quality of care. So you know, a clinician who can get to the records quickly, easily, where they need it, how they need it, when they need it, the likelihood that they're going to actually use the, you know, the archive or historical information being at their fingertip away, the more likely they're going to use and access it and, and ultimately, hopefully, you know, benefit with their patient. Right. I think so. So we kind of covered who's using single sign-on and why it's important. So let's now dig into how it works. How does single sign-on match patients behind the scenes to make that patient context you talk about actually work? Yeah, good question. I think, you know, we approach it as a good, better, best model, if you will. Early kind of days, is really about speed of decommissioning of the application. And that a lot of forethought into a patient match as an example. So kind of in the good approach, what we traditionally would do is utilize something called fuzzy logic matching. So from the source application, pass information like last name, first name, date of birth, social security number, and other criteria. And with an algorithm, kind of match that to go, here's your likely matches for patients. And an end user would select from that list to navigate. As the market matures and as we move more towards patient consumerism, the really the need to do a true patient identity match becomes really paramount. So kind of the better approach is to, in a lot of cases, we will work with a customer and bounce the ID information from a patient or from a person, in the case of an ERP, off of their go-forward solution, basically what's called an MPI so in that case, we'll backload that information within the archive and, and establish a one-to-one patient match where that, that match occurs. And then lastly, what's becoming more prevalent in the market is you know, something called referential ID matching. So rather than just rely on, let's say, the EHR or the ERP, there might be an enterprise-wide person identity matching solution that might be put in place. Uh, in that case, the probability of matching is, uh, is higher as well as it's like I said, it's really global across any person identity within the health system. Uh, in that case, that's the best approach. Either of those cases, better and best, we will backload that information into the archive so that when a user selects single sign-on, that patient ID match or person ID match will be a direct connection and ensure that that is the right person that's being looked at or patient for uh, records review. Great. It's good to have the three different approaches. How many clients would you say, you know, for our Health Data Archiver product are actually using single sign-on? Uh, it's high. I would tell you that really any new customer is selecting that in their purchasing decision. From a login perspective, it's about 80 to 85% on any given day of users log in primarily through single sign-on. The remainder of those kind of through our bulk HIM or, or other workflows are not necessarily specific to an individual person. Got it. And so for that that percentage that isn't using it, if they decided that they wanted to implement single sign-on, is that something you can do after Health Data Archiver goes live? Yeah, absolutely. It's a decision that can be made, like you said, at different times as well as at an application level. So certain applications may or may not decide to utilize single sign-on, but it's definitely something that can be you know, added after the fact. And what go-forward applications make single sign-on available? Is it available pretty much all systems? 
Yeah, good question. You know, really the top tier solutions, you know, your Epic, Cerner, Meditech, Allscripts, Athena Health, and so forth. Those vendors really provide a access using some industry standards that we can utilize to make single sign-on context sharing work, as well as on common ERPs as well. From a technical standpoint, things like, you know, standards like SAML 2.0, OAuth, AES are some examples, but often we'll also run into kind of lower tier solutions that are in the market that have either customized solutions or we might need to work together to make that work. And those examples really, as mentioned, we, we kind of publish the list of what we support uh, and those, if they're not supported, we can work with any vendor to, you know, again, our key is to look for a secure capability. So we'll work with them on a custom solution if need be. That's great. Great. Yeah. It's one thing to archive your legacy patient, employee, business, and financial records. And then it's another thing to access it, you know, really easily and productively in your daily workflow through an integration like single sign-on. So Jim, thanks for joining us. That was a great overview of the benefit of single sign-on and how it works technically for various user types and user personas that, that need to access archived records. And to our audience, thanks for listening in. Join us next time for another short discussion around the value of legacy data management. Thanks, Shannon. That's it for this session of Health Data Talks. Check out helpful resources at HarmonyHIT.com and follow us in your favorite podcast app to catch future episodes. We'll see you next time.